I'm Timothy Putnam, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week, we gather right here to explore the foundations of our faith, to look at the implications of our faith on our daily lives, so that together, you and I can prepare to live outside the walls. Oh, well, I hope you're having a great day today. I am. I'm having, I'm having a great day today uh, because uh, I've got a friend in town. We're actually going to be talking with him just a little bit later in the show, my friend Trey, uh, and he is the godfather of my youngest son. We're going to talk just a little bit about uh, the things we enjoy. Right. Yesterday, uh, he came up to visit, and we uh, we spent the the day exploring Kentucky. Right, got to do all the things that you can do in Kentucky, and uh, we'll talk about those just just in the second segment when uh, when he joins me here in the studio. So, but yesterday uh, we had we were out outdoors most of the day. It was a gorgeous day, and uh, so I'm just in a little bit better mood. I am. And part of that reason is because I have been away from Facebook really for the better part of this week. I have completely avoided, almost completely avoided political conversations for the duration of the week. And I am in such good spirits. Uh, And, you know, I think that sometimes we can get so caught up with the immediacy uh, and the urgency of of politics, of specifically as the election gets closer and closer, uh, and trying to convince people to see things through the lens that we see things through, that um, that it can really rob us of our joy, right? We look at people and we think, you, you can't, you, you're an intelligent person. I know that you are. I've had conversations with you. And, uh, and I just don't understand how you can be coming to this conclusion, and so I have to spend extra time, extra effort, fighting the same battle over and over and over again. Um, and, and it can really, really rob you of uh, really sanity, of joy, of being able to see the best in people. Um, uh, there is a, a Rebecca Hamilton. She has a blog on the Pathios Network. That's the first place I encountered her. Second place I encountered her, uh, I worked at, in the Diocese of Tulsa. And, uh, and she was a state representative in the state legislature of Oklahoma for the Oklahoma City area. And uh, somehow our paths crossed when I was up uh, at the state capitol on a pro-life advocacy day. And we just ended up having a fabulous conversation. And here's the thing. She was a very staunch Democrat. Uh, and that completely shattered my perception of... <laughs> of what the pro-life movement looked like. It was probably one of the early things that did. And uh, she had just a wonderful take on it. And her take on it was, you know, these are not uh, evil people. These are people who very passionately see a problem and maybe even identify the problem to some extent correctly, uh, but they have a very different way of, uh, a different opinion of how this problem is best fixed. Now, uh, I think that that's something that as we go into the election and we look at people who really, for the most part, we think are people of goodwill, uh, who just completely are missing some point that's really important to us, uh, but they're not seeing it. They've got some other point that's important to them. Uh, and so even as we strive to bring about the greatest good, uh, we have to realize that people, even other Catholics, they, uh, they have these different perceptions. They have these different opinions. 
and to allow them that with the greatest benefit of the doubt. Uh, and this is really the only way we're going to make it past the election because the election is going to come and it's going to go and things are going to happen in the way that they go. And we cannot continue on with this level of vitriol and this level of um, uh, panic, right? Uh, the time's going to come. And this is one of the reasons, honestly, I stopped listening to uh, to talk radio, political talk radio, because it's the job of the commentator to uh, to get ratings and to get you to listen. And in order to do that, there's always a new controversy. And we can allow ourselves to be so stirred up all the time by, did you see what this politician did and what they said and what they're planning on doing and getting into these conspiracy theories to the level that we are no longer able to focus on the gospel in the way that we need to. And what do I mean by the gospel? So the gospel is inherently a political conversation. I don't know if you knew this or not, but when when uh, Mark says in the very beginning of the Gospel of Mark, when he says, uh, I, I, I bring you uh, the good news, the evangelion, the, the, the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, he was making an implicitly political statement because that word evangelion was something that, uh, that the Caesars would use. That was what the Roman Empire said when they would come in and conquer a place. I bring you good news. Basically, we're coming with roads and bread. Aren't you happy? This is good news. Uh, and so when Mark said that in the beginning of the gospel, I bring you good news, which is the word that we get gospel from, just in case you're curious, uh, Evangelion. Uh, when he said the gospel of Jesus Christ, he is putting and uh, Jesus Christ on that same level and and pitting him against the political powers. He's pitting him against Caesar and uh, and really declaring a kingdom uh, even just from that little that little phrase. It's one of the things I love about scripture uh, is that there's so much in there that maybe we miss on our first reading in English because it doesn't necessarily strike us in the same way that it struck that um, that early audience. But there's so much richness and nuance as you get into the study of Scripture um, that using commentaries, using uh, the, the, the fathers of the church, the, the doctors of the church, they begin to illuminate these things from those early audiences. And so when I say that politics and getting worked up about politics can distract us from the gospel, here's the thing. There is good news that we have been... Um, invaded, right? God invaded humanity. God sent his only son who took on flesh. He became incarnate. He, he, basically, he enfleshment. He put on flesh. Uh, he took on the full nature of humanity, even as he retained his full divinity. And he came among us and invaded. And he freed us and brought us into now his kingdom. And so we have to be careful as we get caught up in patriotism, as we get caught up in uh, conversations about the, the best way to govern ourselves, which are fine conversations to have. Uh, we have to be careful that we don't end up usurping the kingship of Jesus Christ, who's come to give us good news. He's come to give us this good news that there is a new way, a new road, there is a new 
food and nourishment, a new bread, and not only any bread, but a bread of life that he's come to give us. So here we have politics very often, even in our country, in our day and age, with all of our wisdom and all of our democracy and, and all of our history, politics and Christ are often at odds. And so, you know, we have to be wise that when politicians come to us and they, they color some things according to our faith, and that's good, right? There are definitely some issues that we should be morally aware of and morally voting on. But the way that our parties are set up these days, uh, neither party really fully embraces the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel that, uh, that God has come to bring us life and life abundantly, uh, that all of the rules in, in all of the world could be summed up just by those two great commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That as we seek to love God and love neighbor in the best way possible, that everything else is tied up in that. Uh, and so we, we often, in our politics, get those things out of balance. So, as we are facing the frenzy in this last couple of weeks before the election, uh, I, I want to encourage you, take some deep breaths. Remember that, yes, we are in this nation. We are citizens of this nation. But, but first, we belong to God. We're citizens of heaven. And our prayer is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven. Not only do we represent the kingdom of heaven in terms of uh, being here and being present diplomatically, but we're here to represent the interests of our kingdom. And the interests of our kingdom are a preferential option for the poor, a preferential option for the, the oppressed and for the most vulnerable among us. And so I encourage you, uh, even as politics is just so all-consuming right now, spend some time uh, consuming the Word of God. Uh, and what does that look like? Uh, go to usccb.com and every day, take about five minutes, maybe ten, read through the Scripture readings, the little calendar there over on the right-hand side, about halfway down, you click on the day, and it's going to give you uh, three or four scriptures, and just read through those and allow those to permeate you throughout the day. Uh, if you have a chance to make it to Mass, even on a daily Mass, a little 30-minute Mass, uh, if you have it within your schedule to do that, go and and be in the presence of Christ and consume that food, that Eucharist, uh, that is the good news, and let it live through you as you, uh, as you engage with the world. Well, when we come back, we're going to be talking with my friend. Yes, my friend Trey, godfather of my youngest son. Just because I wanted to talk about something a little bit lighter. I wanted to have a, just a conversation. That's going to be interesting. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, go over to Facebook.com slash Step Outside the Walls. On Twitter, the handle is at Outside the Walls. Let me know you're there. Just say hello. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Outside the Walls. Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I am your host, Timothy Putnam. 
Oh, are you just tired of it? Are you tired of being on Facebook and other social media and seeing nothing but politics? Maybe you have different friends than I do, but my wall is almost entirely populated either by people who are saying uh, that Trump is the best thing ever and what are you? why are you being so uh, grumpy about it, or people who are saying, what are you smoking? Trump is the worst thing ever. And there's not really a whole lot else going on. And so I, I thought that here today, you and I would take a little bit of a respite. We would uh, take a breather from the election just for this hour. Uh, and we're going to talk with a friend of mine. Uh, Trey came into town, and, and I'm going to give you a little bit of background about how we met here in a minute. But Trey came into town uh, on business, and we spent the day yesterday uh doing all of the things that you have to do when you come to Kentucky, uh, sampling bourbon, right, going to the the horse track, uh, Keeneland, they, they were running out there, uh, and uh, having having some quintessential Kentucky food and, and smoking tobacco. Basically, all the Kentucky vices just all, all wrapped into one solid, glorious day. Uh, so, Trey, thanks for being on the show today. Well, thanks for having me. So, Trey, uh, you, uh, you're a wine expert. <laughs> you're, you're a wine representative. I, I, I get paid to deal in grape juice. <laughs> we'll, we'll go there. How's that? Therefore, expert, right? Pro- professional. You're a wine professional. A wine professional. That, that's, we'll, that's fine. We'll go there. Uh, and you came into the church about, what, nearly three years ago? Almost, yeah. Almost three years ago. And this is this is one of those stories where I was working at a church in Texas, and uh, I, as I do, I harass people who I don't know. I'm like, hey, this is a person I've not met. I should go over and I should meet them and have a conversation. And so uh, we did, and and from there we had you all over to, to dinner. That's kind of our modus operandi. And I spend so much time uh, trying to make acquaintances, right, being friendly to people, trying to be hospitable, and trying to find points of connection, uh, that 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 first dinner with you was a little bit of a uh, an exciting time for me because I didn't even have to try to find points of connection. Right, we grew up around the same time, in the same town, doing the same things, and it was like I finally understood what nostalgia is all about. Well, that's what the whole dinner was. I mean, I think we just yeah. uh, unfortunately our, our poor wives just <laughs> sat there watching us. Like, what what are they talking about? I, they, they just I, I know mine was rolling her eyes the whole time. I think, but <laughs> she does that to me a lot, so I don't blame her. Well, we both um, have we both have wives who are younger than us who not only don't get that they didn't grow up in the same place we did, but they didn't grow up in the same, same. decade. We did. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so we're talking about Crystal Pepsi and, you know, that time that Pepsi was at, at the water park and they're just kind of looking at us like, what is Well, it? when you did the, it was the, it was the, um, the, the Pepsi was doing the, 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 the taste, the taste test. test between right. Coke and Pepsi and you had to taste them blind and they ask you which one you liked better. Um, and, and they give you prizes if you answer Pepsi. Correct. And so, of course, everybody can tell the difference. And so even though I, I certainly hope so, don't like Pepsi at all, I'm like, oh yeah, that, that one's definitely better. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you you know you you say what you need to say to get the that's right the you know result you know when you're uh, you, you go to confession now because now you realize that lying is a bad thing and uh, you know 
That's <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes to Pepsi, you almost have to. I, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I'll probably alienate half of your listeners by denigrating Pepsi on the air, but what are you going to do? You think that Pepsi has half of my listeners? I, I have no clue. I certainly <laughs> hope not. <laughs> so I knew that this was going to be um, uh, an ongoing friendship and relationship. When my wife and I, uh, we were trying to figure out who we were going to ask to be godparents for our youngest child. And my thought was, well, I want to ask Trey and Linda because, you know, we, we get along so well. And uh, we appreciate it as my wife and I as a family, we appreciate the spirituality that you and your wife uh, hold and the, the, the seriousness that you uh, approach the faith with. And so I, I'm thinking, I said to Kristen, would it be weird I mean, we just now met them. Would it be weird if we asked them to be godparents? Because we're, we're still new Catholics ourselves. We don't know completely how to do this godparent thing, but we keep having kids, so we keep having to pick them. <laughs> and so we're sitting Well, here. then you know how to do this Catholic thing if you keep having kids, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're trying to figure out uh, what, what do we need to do in that regard uh, to make sure that our, our children have godparents. And... Um, but but we, I asked her, would it be weird if we asked them? Yeah, we should probably, you know, maybe we should wait and think and ask someone we've known for a while. So we did. We went and we asked uh, someone else that we'd known for a while, and they weren't able to do it. They said, no, it's really not going to work out. So we're thinking, gosh, what are we going to do? And then you all came over to us and said, would it be weird if... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we, we have a son that's about six weeks younger than, than right. their youngest, and he's our first. Right. And... Um, we were having the same conversation at essentially the same time that, that Timothy and his wife were about, um, you know, we really like them and they, you know, their, their face seems very solid. They're, that's, that's a, the center of their lives. Mm. Is, these are the kind of people we want to have for godparents. And me as a fairly new Catholic and my wife having just moved to the area, I mean, we didn't have a lot of Catholic friends in the area and you right. want godparents to be close. And, right. uh, you see that worked out really well, by the way. <laughs> right, because um, you, you, we, we did it, and then we moved away. We've been, we've been having <laughs> the same conversation, and we you know, prayed about it, and we went back and forth. And, but, you know, and, and we had a, a godmother, a friend of my wife's that lives in the Chicago area, and, um, but we wanted somebody close, and it was, well, Timothy would be a great choice, but would it be weird? And so finally you know, we were at their home. I, I, I think we had brought you dinner. Okay. Yeah. For you know, right after right um, after the baby was the born. baby was born, and, and it was really um, good too. It was oh, a, thanks. It was a coffee rubbed, uh, pork, smoked pork tenderloin. Yeah, it know. was it was good. Yeah, it was. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like to make food, um, but uh, so we asked Timothy. I said, "Look, this is going to be out of left field and kind of crazy, but here's the deal." And uh, and, and instantly were, accepted and said, oh, this is great. It's, this is great. Know. And oh, by the way, would you do the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was about a week later, I think, right. when you asked. But yeah. So so th- there's this um, this joy to the faith that you have. And we were talking about this last night over, uh, over the fire pit, uh, that that's something relatively new to you. Uh, you know, as the faith is new to you, also this whole idea of approaching life with joy is something that kind of accompanied that. Well, yeah, I mean it was um I <laughs> to say I was a cynical person at you know for my early adult years and and even into my 30s is would be an understatement, I guess. Um but I found it fun to be cynical if that makes sense. And in it, you know, there was some humor to it and right. and whatnot, but um 
yeah, as I've grown in the faith and come into the church and started looking at the world through the eyes of the church, through you know, um, I, I found it's more difficult to be cynical about things and and to to see the joy in things, to see um, the best motives in people instead of always something sinister, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, well, and you have you, you have the opportunity uh, to see a lot of people in your travels and, and briefly, and so I think. It's very easy for us when we have those situations where we we're around someone for a very limited amount of time to just categorize them and read into them our first impressions. And if our first impressions are generally cynical ones, it's very easy to see the worst in people. Absolutely, yeah. like the guy who uh, wouldn't let you in traffic yesterday, and <laughs> and you you approach that with kind of a well, that's interesting. I thought I had plenty of room, and he didn't apparently. He wasn't very happy about. He, that. he didn't seem happy about it, no. but uh, either that or that was a very it was a it was a happy gesture and wave and. Well, or you know, maybe I just caught him at a bad time. Who knows? It, I yeah. mean, it, it it could be anything, right? And uh, old old me might have gotten kind of cranked about that and sat <laughs> on it for a while. Um, but you know, you just kind of wave and sorry about that and move on. It's, yeah, you know, it's no biggie. So we grew up both in the in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Uh, you moved on. You you went into uh, well. This is another thing. We both uh, enjoy sports about the same level. You have a little bit more passion for baseball than I do because I have none. Uh, World Series is going on right now, and your Cubbies are there. The Cubbies are there. That's right. Uh, despite and- despite being a native Texan, a, a, a Cubs fan, absolutely. <laughs> so when you spend. 12 years there wallowing in the baseball misery that is typically Chicago. (laughs) There's something, especially as a cynic, there's something really appealing about that. So uh, I latched onto them for pretty quickly up there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you also are a musician. Uh, I, you know, I did a a vocal performance major in college, spent 10 years as a music minister. Uh, You, you have similar backgrounds, but in the, in the non-vocal side of things. (laughs) The instrumental side, yes. The, oh, I was, I was non-vocal. Going, the non-verbal, you know. It's just, I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> uh, and you recently had an opportunity to kind of pull a Mr. Holland's opus. A little bit, yeah. So um, my my background, I, I've got two degrees in in French horn. Uh, one of them in in pedagogy, which is a really fancy word for how to show somebody how to play something. Mm. It, it's it, it would be education, but pedagogy sounds a lot more. Um, intellectual, I guess you could say. So <laughs> right. just a really fancy word for teacher. Um, and uh, But I conducted as well. Mm-hmm. And I actually met my wife conducting a community band in the Chicago area. And I got asked recently to come back and do uh, a, a guest conducting stint with them. And so I got to go back and, and play music director again. And that was... Just yeah. a really, really lovely weekend last weekend. So when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the impact that your conversion had on you after the fact, uh, what Catholicism has done in your life after becoming Catholic, that conversion process that continually takes place in our lives. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation over on Facebook.com slash Step Outside the Walls. On Twitter, the handle is at Outside the Walls. Uh, tell me about a relationship that you have, a friendship that that defies uh, convention. Tell me all about that over there on social media, and we'll be right back with my friend Trey. Right after this, you're listening to Outside the Walls.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. We're doing things a little differently today. Uh, We're doing things a little bit differently for a couple of reasons. One, I am sick of talking about politics. You know, we, we... we think of uh, politics as that stuff that's really important that we have to hit really hard for the X amount of time right before elections, and then we can forget the rest of the year until the next four years because we only really vote in the presidential. And, you know, that we don't give the same importance to city council, right? And yet that's one that's probably more impactful on your, your everyday life than even the presidency. So vote when you do go vote. Uh, this is all I'm talking about politics today. When you do go vote, make sure that you are informed more than just the presidency. Look all the way down the ballot, down to who's going to be on your school board. Those are some of the most important things uh, that you can vote for. So let's uh, let's continue with our diversion. Uh, we're talking about the things that really matter. Uh, those uh, are friendships. And so <clears throat> luckily I have a friend of mine in from the Dallas, Texas area. Fort Worth, Texas area. <laughs> okay, very, it's very important to make that distinction. Let's talk about that. Because growing up, I I grew up in the pretty much the same place. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Bedford, which is right in the middle. Two towns over. Two from towns where, over yeah. from where you were. And I always said I grew up in Dallas. And, and some people, they don't understand that there is a distinction. There's a, you know, it's the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and yet Dallas and Fort Worth are two very different towns. Dallas is kind of like Pepsi in my mind. I just, <laughs> I, I don't want to touch it if I can avoid it, but uh, that's not true. It's uh, Dallas is good for business, but uh, <laughs> but um, they're, they're two very, very different places, and those of us from, most of us from the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, from the Fort Worth side of the Metroplex tend to claim that one uh, above Dallas, although you always you inevitably get the question, oh, how far is that from Dallas? Right. Every, everything is in relation to where Dallas is. It's about two hours, depending on traffic. <laughs> <laughs> two hours or 30 minutes, yeah. Right. It could be anything. You know, but I've always seen that, that Fort Worth has much more of a West Texas characteristic. Everyone's a little bit more laid back. Everyone's a, a, a little bit less stressed out. Uh, and and willing to actually engage you as a person in Fort Worth and in Dallas, it's just go 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 all the time. It's much more urban, much less Texan. It, it yeah, indeed, indeed, I would agree with that. So, so uh, my friend is up from Fort Worth, Texas, Cowtown, uh, and uh, he was out on a little little wine trip up to Cincinnati. Yeah, hosted a dinner in Cincinnati um, a couple of nights ago, and yeah. um, because. My good friend Timothy is here in Kentucky now, and it was a very short drive. Took a day and yeah. came well, down. And well worth the time. Agreed. So you uh, you work for Alexander Valley Vineyards, true, uh, which is a, a, a wine company out of California, but mm-hmm. you don't live in California. I don't live in California. So you rep the wine in uh, eight states, nine, nine states. I was close. That's okay. <laughs> so you rep the wine in nine states, and. Uh, don't have my state, which is very sad, uh, or don't have this part of my state. I don't have any part of your any state. Any part of my yeah. state. So um, if you've never heard of Alexander Valley Vineyards, it's one of my favorite wines. Uh, I was introduced to it by by Trey here. Uh, but you should go out to your local, uh, and I'm not getting paid to say this, right? I'm just telling you, this is a good wine. And so uh, go find it, go enjoy it. Uh, they have You've got, the, of course, the, the cheesy names, the... 
Sins. Well, in. we we have yeah. So we have three Zinfandels that. Right. Um, in, in fact, I had a customer recently refer to them as the Catholic Zins. Yeah. Um, which I had never thought of before, but it makes perfect sense. We have Temptation, right? Sins in, uh, which was our original Zinfandel, and then Redemption's in, or as we called it, the Wicked Weekend. You're tempted on Friday, you sin on Saturday, and Redemption <laughs> comes Sunday. So. So yeah, the, uh, lots of great stuff. Uh, I'm just going to give that a quick plug because. Well, thank you're, you. I didn't. Ex- I didn't expect we were going to talk, you're, you're talk shop today. It. So there you go. So let's talk now. Uh, my shop, right? We you got it. We talked to your shop. Let's talk my shop. You came into the church three years ago, and, roughly. Yeah. Uh, roughly, almost coming up. This three years Easter. ago, at this point, I was going through RCIA. Yeah. Yeah. So. So let's talk about. Uh, I I came in back in 2011, and I felt when I came into the Catholic Church that really I wasn't really making all that big a change. I was just coming home. And I noticed that the the biggest changes in me occurred after I became Catholic, after I converted, and really the conversion began at my confirmation and has continued on. As I've looked back on, you know, Facebook throws up those, uh, we have memories with someone. Go look at the things you said five years ago, and I, I go back and like, I would argue with that person on Facebook today. I'm looking at my own posts and thinking, mm, I don't think so. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about you and your conversion. What have you noticed after the fact that has changed that you didn't expect to? Well, first off, I think you're right. The, actually converting to the church was the easy part. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got over a couple little humps that right. uh, you know, were basically the, you know, the, the old Fulton Sheen, you'd, nobody really hates what mm-hmm. the Catholic Church really is. They hate what they think it is, mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but, you know. Right. Um, uh, but we, we talked about the cynicism earlier and how I've noticed that that I, I just became a much more positive person. But it wasn't an instant change. It was one of those things where, mm-hmm. okay, so what does the church say about this? What what what? How do I need to view these circumstances? And we won't delve into politics, but that's you know, right. there's been some shift there mm-hmm. um, on, on certain issues. Because um, you're from you know Texas. And Texas has a very definite political <laughs> style. Well, it's a style all of its own, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. The Wild West, um, you know. So you were talking also about uh, how faith and reason is something that really... Oh, sure. And, and that was something that, I mean, even when I first came into the church, I didn't really consider a whole lot mm-hmm. because coming from a nominally Protestant background um, uh, and of the evangelical Southern Baptist mm-hmm. type, um, science was one of those things that you largely ignored or, you know, mm-hmm. worked your way around some, some things to, to, to fit into the, the, the narrative, I guess, right. for lack of a better way to put it. Um, but one of the things that I've found just, just fascinating as I've learned more about the faith and, and progress is the intersection of faith and science, of faith and reason. And I can see the world just, and I'm not going to be able to articulate this very well, but coming together, uh, in a way that that I've I've never seen before, things don't seem nearly as disjunct mm-hmm. as they did outside the church. Um, uh, science, politics, as we're talking, right. you know, whatever. Um, I'm able to see more of a whole, a, a bigger picture sort of thing. Um, if if yeah, there, there's this idea that somehow when I, when I was in the growing up as well, there was this sense of there were pockets of life. You know, you had, uh, there was Christian music and Christian movies, and then there was secular movies. And the Christian and the secular were separated. And then you had um, uh, 
uh, you know, you had the, the lessons that we learned in Sunday school and then you don't read the stuff too closely at the, uh, at the zoo because they're going to have a, they're going to have a weird scientific position, uh, that's not compatible with the church. And so, yeah, coming into it, there, there's a sense of, uh, it's a much more holistic view of life that Catholicism views everything as connected. Let's talk about the conversion. You you got you, you became Catholic, then you you got married, and then you had a son uh, in in kind of one year at a time, right? So Correct. Yeah. Talk talk a little bit about that progression of what what have you seen uh, in marriage that's changed you? What have you seen in becoming a new father that's changed you? And how does your Catholicism play into that? I think the key word to that would be service. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as as a single person, as um, you know, when you're an employee or you you know you 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 work for somebody, yes, there's there's that level of service, but there's always something you're getting in return, namely mm-hmm. a, you know a paycheck and a means of supporting yourself. But you know, largely the decisions I made affected me and me only, and um, the things that I did were pretty much just for me. And I lived in my own little bubble and and my own world, Um, particularly once I started working for the winery and I was on the road all the time. I mean, it was Mm kind of just me and and that's it. Um, And then getting married, all of a sudden you're sharing a space with someone. The things you do directly affect everything Mm -hmm. about that person's life too. And um, that that sort of alters the way you you make decisions um, for sure. Um, And and then all of a sudden you've got a, a young thing Mm-hmm. little baby that's not capable of doing anything on its own. And um, and then, of the, course, you can't make really sound decisions because you're so sleep-deprived. Yeah, because you haven't slept in three months <laughs> and, and, you know, whatever. But it's uh, – service is the thing. And, and, and uh, I talked with a priest about, the, about this once, uh, about cheerful service, because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, I know there's things that I need to do for my family, but if I'm operating on two hours of sleep and I just mm-hmm. got in off of a three-day trip and – you know, whatever. It's um, sometimes it's tough to be cheerful about that, and being able to serve my family cheerfully and and learning how to do that, and pray about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think has been one of the big changes that you know, as it should become a family person, a father, a husband, um, that the way you serve people changes, and and your attitude toward that you mm-hmm. know, becomes a lot different. Um, and this is something I'm still working on, especially when I'm grumpy and it's three in the morning and I just stub my toe on a stool out in the kitchen yeah. as I'm carrying a kid trying to get him to go to sleep. And, it, and he's it, refusing. And and the, the, the cheerful aspect of that service becomes really, really difficult at that point. And you've got to stop, take a take a breath, say a little prayer. And um, um, it's 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 getting it's getting there for me. Let's put it that way. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Well, we got to go to break now, but Trey, thanks for being on the show today. It was a pleasure. We've been talking with my friend Trey. He is uh, the godfather of my youngest son, works at Alexander Valley Vineyards, avvwine.com. Find out a little bit more about them and enjoy a bottle as you interact with your friends in the coming weeks. We're going to continue our conversation, you and I, just after this break. Join me over on Facebook.com slash Step Outside the Walls. On Twitter, the handle is at Outside the Walls. I should describe what the perfect evening with friends looks like to you. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Outside the Walls.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I am your host, Timothy Putnam. Thanks for sticking around. Oh, I'm glad you're here. We had just a fun time today uh, talking with my friend, Trey. Trey is the godfather of my youngest son, and uh, he's also, he works for a winery. We talked about that. Uh, and so every time uh, we're together, uh, the the joy, joy, that's right, joy flows freely. I'm sure that's, that's all that flows freely. Uh, <laughs> we had a great time. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm thinking about this, about what friendship is and what it looks like. And, and in the process of this, I'm thinking, Hey, I'd love for you to be my friend as well. I'd love to, you know, had him on my, on my couch and we sat down and we talked and we talked for a long time. And then when we got tired of talking, uh, on the couch, we went out and lit up the fire pit and sat around the fire pit, smoked pipes and talked some more. Uh, and so I'm going to invite you to something like that. Uh, I'm almost there. We're almost to the second anniversary of this show. Two years, every week coming, you know, I've, I've never taken a week off and it's because why would I, I love being here with you. Uh, so even, uh, even when I was sick, I was able to, to work around it so that we could still do the show. And so we're coming up on two years solid and so I thought, what better way to celebrate two years than to sit down with my friends and to do a, uh, a face-to-face chat, just like I did uh, today with Trey. So for all the people who are friends of the show, we're going to do a video chat on uh, just right around that second anniversary of the show. I think somewhere around uh, second week of November is when that, that anniversary is. Uh, so if you're a friend of the show, you're going to get all the details. You're going to get an invitation. We're going to sit down. We're we're going to have whatever beverage we happen to have in our uh, home available to us. And we're just going to sit and talk wherever the conversation takes us. So you're thinking, hey, that sounds pretty cool. I want to be, I want to be in on that. I want to be a friend. Well, the good news is you can be. It's very easy to become a friend of the show. All you do is you go over to OutsideTheWalls.com. Over at OutsideTheWalls.com, there's a little tab in the menu that says Friend of the Show. You click on that, and it takes you to a page that tells you, hey, I am so glad you're here. Help me continue to do this week after week after week. Uh, cover a couple of the, 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 the ongoing bills that we have to make sure that we keep bringing you this show. Uh, so what it looks like is for at least $10 a month, you can do more if you want, but for at least $10 a month, you are enrolled as a friend of the show and get special content, special deals. We give out uh, books on a very regular basis. I, I give out books and drawings to my friends of the show. Uh, and so I would love for you to, to be a part of that. It's as little as uh, two coffees a week, right? Uh, a pound of good coffee. It's actually cheaper than a pound of good coffee, coffee per month. So go over to OutsideTheWalls.com, uh, click on that, become a friend of the show, and we'll go from there, right? So now, let's talk. Let's talk because here we are. We've, we've had this break from politics. We're going to continue this break from politics uh, because today is a day where we just enjoy the finer things of life. Uh, today, we're going to do our reading from church history and from uh, Scripture but we're going to pull them both out of the breviary today. Uh, the scriptures for the, the missile, they're great. You can get them at usccb.com uh, over at the calendar. But for today, the, the reading out of the breviary just fits so much better. And it's this love, really, it's this love letter to wisdom. 
And then uh, the reading from church history is a love letter to us from Christ. Uh, and so I just it's a wonderful break from the stress that we've had over the last couple of months in the political uh, atmosphere in our nation. And so I want to share this with you, and I hope that you enjoy it. So our reading from Scripture comes from the Book of Wisdom, uh, chapter 8. Wisdom reaches from end to end mightily and governs all things well. Her I loved and sought after from my youth. I sought to take her for my bride and was enamored of her beauty. She adds to nobility the splendor of companionship with God. Even the Lord of all loved her, for she is instructress in the understanding of God, the selector of his works. And if riches be desirable possession in life, what is more rich than wisdom who produces all things? And if prudence renders service, who in the world is a better craftsman than she? Or if one loves justice, the fruits of her work are virtues, for she teaches moderation and prudence, justice and fortitude, and nothing in life is more useful for men than these. Or again, if one yearns for copious learning, she knows the things of old and infers those yet to come. She understands the turns of phrases and the solutions of riddles, signs and wonders she knows in advance, and the outcome of times and ages. So I, de I determined to take her to live with me, knowing that she would be my counselor while all was well, and my comfort in care and grief. For her sake, I should have glory among the masses, and esteem from the elders, though I be but a youth. I should become keen in judgment, and should be a marvel before rulers. They would abide my silence and attend my utterance. As I spoke on further, they would place their hands upon their mouths. For her sake, I should have immortality and leave to those after me an everlasting memory. I should govern peoples and nations would be my subjects. Terrible princes hearing of me would be afraid. In the assembly, I should appear noble and in war, courageous. Within my dwelling, I should take my repose beside her. For association with her involves no bitterness and living with her no grief, but rather joy and gladness. Thus, thinking within myself and reflecting in my heart that there is an immortality and kinship with wisdom and good pleasure in her friendship and unfailing riches in the works of her hands, and that in frequenting her society there is prudence and fair renown in sharing her discourses, I went about seeking to take her for my own. Now, I was a well-favored child, and I came by a noble nature, or rather, being noble, I attained an unsullied body. And knowing that I could not otherwise possess her, except God gave it. And this too was prudence, to know whose is the gift. I went to the Lord and besought him. That reading comes from the book of Wisdom, uh, chapter 8. We learn wisdom, wisdom by seeking the Lord and asking for it. In fact, uh, in, in one of the epistles it says, Does any of you lack wisdom? Let him ask God who gives liberally. To all who ask. So if, you, if you're feeling confused, if you're feeling that you just really want to understand life a little bit better, then seek after Jesus Christ. Go to Mass. Spend time in prayer and ask God who is the one who gives wisdom in the first place. 
Uh, today's reading from church history comes from Doctor of the Church, St. Catherine of Siena. And uh, this is just a lovely meditation. With a look of mercy that revealed his indescribable kindness, God the Father spoke to Catherine. Beloved daughter, everything I give to man comes from the love and care I have for him. I desire to show my mercy to the whole world and my protective love to all those who want it. But in his ignorance, man treats himself very cruelly. My care is constant, but he turns my life-giving gifts into a source of death. Yes, I created him with loving care and formed him in my image and likeness. I pondered, and I was moved by the beauty of my creation. I gave him a memory to recall my goodness, for I wanted him to share in my own power. I gave him an intellect to know and understand my will through the wisdom of my Son, for I am the giver of every good gift, and I love him with a Father's constant love. Through the Holy Spirit, I gave him a will to love what he would come to know with his intellect. In my loving care, I did this so that he could know me and perceive my goodness and rejoice to see me forever. But as I have recounted elsewhere, heaven had been closed off because of Adam's disobedience. Immediately after his sin, all manner of evil made its advance throughout the world. So that I might commute the death consequent upon this disobedience, I attended to you with loving care. Out of provident concern, I handed over my only begotten Son to make satisfaction for your needs. I demanded supreme obedience from Him so that the human race might be freed of the poison which had infected the entire earth because of Adam's disobedience. With eager love, He submitted to a shameful death on the cross. And by that death, He gave you life not merely human, but divine. That reading comes from uh, St. Catherine of Siena, doctor of the church, and this beautiful picture that God is, not only, not only does God give us the gift of wisdom if we ask, but that God is desiring to give us this wisdom. I, I've been talking with uh, a lot of folks who have been really expressing uh, confusion what do we do in this election cycle? What do we do with uh, the, the whole framework for life that we thought we understood about how this country is best governed? How do, we, how do we deal with this? And without getting into politics at all, I just want to say to you, ask for wisdom. Step back from the immediacy of everything and, and ask for wisdom. And realize that God is not withholding wisdom. God is not stubborn with wisdom. Uh, God really longs to lavish his love on us, to lavish that wisdom on us. Uh, and so that's, that's good news, isn't it? Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about the new pro-life movement. Uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation. You're not going to want to miss it. If you missed any part of this show or want to share it with your friends, go to OutsideTheWalls.com. There you can catch the blog. You can become a friend of the show. You can catch all the show archives. Outside the Walls is a co-production of Bread Box Media and St. Michael Catholic Radio heard around the world on live streaming, terrestrial radio, and podcast. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace.